Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> if you're new to the other stories, then I just wanted to take a moment to let you know about our other shows. If you're a writer or a creative of any level, then you may want to check out the Great Writer Share podcast show where we interview writers of all levels getting insights into the tips tricks and production habits of writers in every level of the biz that is the great writers share podcast if you're a horror movie fan and want to listen to two bearded film fans flippantly talk about and review the best and worst horror movies of all time check out horror hangout where myself and ben errington rate and review horror movies and have a right old laugh that's horror hangout if you're looking for more scary stories check out miscreation a horror audio drama podcast bringing you scary stories performed by a band of actors at the Acast studio in London. Season 1 is available now. Or if you're a right old weirdo and want to listen to some bizarro tales, check out Tales of What. Be warned, that is particularly for the weird people out there. <laughs> for more of our shows, check out hawkandcleaver.com forward slash podcasts. Today's episode is Exposure, written by Vanessa Watson and narrated by Erica Ventura. Hold still, baby girl. You want these braids straight, don't you? Yes, Daddy. Ow! It's just... Mommy doesn't pull so tight. Ouch. Janae squints, 
and grips the sides of her chair tightly. If she didn't love her daddy so much, she'd fuss and wiggle even more. But she feels brave sitting as still as she can, even though her scalp feels like it's on fire. Her daddy makes her feel brave. I know, Moon Pie. I'm almost finished. In his booming yet doting voice, Janae's father smiles adoringly at her in the bathroom mirror. And ta-da! He throws his hands up victoriously. What do you think? Janae giggles as she slowly tilts her head side to side, inspecting her beautiful locks. Nice, neat rows, blending seamlessly into shoulder-length, even braids. Just like Daddy. Perfect! She beams and leaps into her father's arms for a bear hug before scurrying off to grab her light-up unicorn sneakers and her red and black polka dot backpack. Janae loves ladybugs. She sings happy birthday to herself as she ties her shoes. Nina, we're leaving, baby! Dante calls around the corner to the kitchen, fastening the latches on his briefcase. Her hair looks amazing, love. I'm impressed. I hope it lasts until her birthday party tomorrow. Nina, still in her robe, saunters down the hallway toward the front door, hypnotically swaying her silk-draped, succulent hips. Dante bites his lower lip and scoops Nina into his firm grasp, pressing his lips onto hers in a hungry embrace. Hints of spearmint toothpaste and freshly brewed coffee intertwine. You're welcome, my beautiful wife. His deep voice rumbles, making her weak in the knees. I'll see you after work, baby. Call me if you need anything. Nina slips her hand into the back pocket of Dante's slacks and squeezes. I'm ready, Daddy! Janae hops toward her parents staring wide-eyed at the dazzling colors bouncing off the hallway baseboards each time her feet land on the wooden floor. One last kiss from Nina, and Janae tugs Dante's hand, pulling him out of the front door and rushing toward the apartment elevators. Love you, Mommy! Janae calls back to Nina as she yanks Dante toward the round, illuminated buttons secured in the wall between the elevators. Love you more, dollface! Nina timidly backs into the apartment and secures the door behind her. First the chain, then four different deadbolts, the doorknob lock, and finally, the electronic keypad. No such thing as overkill. Alone in the apartment, Nina still vividly feels the presence. Its presence. She quickly thrusts her unsettling thoughts from her consciousness and pours herself another cup of coffee, a drizzle of maple syrup and a splash of cream. Soothing notes from Miles Davis escape the surround sound as she tries desperately to imitate a semblance of normalcy, engaging the powerful mind-body connection. I am fine. My body is fine. Everything is fine. I am fine. My body is fine. Everything is fine. Repeating the mantra to herself, 
Nina catches a glimpse of her reflection in the massive oval mirror, looming atop the breakfast bar. What the? Right above her left ear, the navy blue silk head wrap is significantly darker than its surroundings. She cautiously raises her hand to prod the patch with her middle finger. The fabric is damp, and the pressure from her touch releases a petite ruby droplet that gingerly trails down her temple. She peels back the edge of the scarf. Ow! Damn it! Along with a generous portion of skin which had adhered to the wrapping, her hairline is melting. Nina's heart jolts with two violent thuds. She thought it had stopped, that she had gotten it under control. She hadn't even seen the cursed thing in months. Her body still bears the decorative aftermath of creative skin graft treatments. They were performed in a final-ditch attempt by her team of elite doctors to keep the flesh from splitting at every basic movement. Nina clutches her thighs at the foreboding memory of watching her body peel apart right before her eyes. As effortlessly as a santoku blade slicing through a soft peach. Where is it? She tears through the enormous apartment room by room. It has to be here somewhere. Her eyes swell and overflow, tears warming her cheeks. It all started when her daughter was just a year old. After enjoying a picnic at the park together on the first day of summer, Nina brought a snoozing Janae back home for a much-needed nap. Lying on her welcome mat was a faded envelope, addressed in pristine calligraphy to Nina Charisse Hamilton, her maiden name. No sender or recipient address. It had to have been hand-delivered. Nina felt eyes on her back and pivoted to see if anyone had been watching her. The hallway was empty. Something felt off, so she hurriedly unlocked the apartment and stole inside, locking the door behind her. The envelope looked like it had traveled a great distance, as it was worn and tattered but still legible. The enclosure on the back displayed a large black wax seal imprinted with miniature tribal illustrations. She cracked the seal and spread the envelope widely, but found nothing inside. Strange, she thought, and tossed the envelope into the waste bin. Must be a silly mistake. Within days, she noticed her body begin its decline. She used her fortune to track down every possible treatment available, but it never failed. Every year, on Janae's birthday, there was that envelope. Nina tried shredding it, burning it, even mailing it to the middle of nowhere, but it always found its way back to her. She never uttered a word of this to Dante. He just couldn't know. You thought you had outsmarted me, didn't you, Nina? She freezes. 
Her trembling breath thunders in her ears. She already knows that trying to uncover to what or to whom the voice belongs is futile. There's no one there. Don't bother ignoring me, Nina. Ladies who misbehave will reap their due consequences. You simply cannot escape. Don't embarrass yourself trying to fight a fate that you earned. A decade prior, Nina was an esteemed epidemiologist and biochemist, belonging to a select crew of brilliant pioneers who sought to eradicate the world of what they termed unnecessary flaws. Just as most scientific quests commence, majority of motives were focused on combating disease, lending their unique expertise on issues that were too profound for others in their field. However, as in many investigational pursuits, few can resist the formidable magnetism of potential vast wealth, fame, status, and power. The almighty dollar can twist and distort any weak disposition to act outside of one's established values. Thus, midway into their journey, purity of mind and servitude of heart became infested by greed and a grotesque curiosity in human experimentation with waning regard for morality. In the years that followed, Nina's research group traveled the globe, penetrating underdeveloped villages with needles of menacing contents. Undocumented tests were routinely executed, unapproved by governing authorities. Vaccinations that had been proven unsafe for consumption, sleep deprivation trials, pain tolerance tests, even controversial cross-species limb replacement. Breeding was the next step but they could never quite manage to keep a test subject alive long enough to ensure the limb replacement had been successful. Incision sites oozed unforgivingly, plaguing the air with a stench of sweet flesh rot, and patients often grew violently aggressive and overwhelmingly confused as their brains short-circuited into oblivion. Those pesky infections and cognizance deterioration did them in every time, any country disgraced by the presence of Nina's team not only suffered from what was left behind, but also from what was viciously pilfered. As experiment observations continued, unobstructed and undisturbed by tangible failure to make any valid scientific discovery, three members of the team were incited to complete an additional covert mission at every test site. Candidates of Exemplary Genetics were elevated to the status of deserving a life in wealthier regions of the world, and were categorically sedated and stolen from their beds, camouflaged only by the thick blanket of the night sky. Brand new mothers round the world awoke to empty cribs, entirely unaware that their newborns had just been bought and sold like dispensable property. One such visit to Niger was Nina's final voyage. As instructed, 
the team located the target-impoverished village to examine the ramifications of biochemical warfare inflicted on them years earlier, by the very same company funding Nina's group's efforts. When the team was briefed on the assignment, they were strictly instructed not to reveal that confidential tidbit, as it would jeopardize the integrity of the operation. They were to gather intel only. The lives of 147 villagers surrendered to the horrific side effects. Every patient reportedly suffered mild complications, nausea, vomiting, respiratory dysfunction. Nearly half of them went blind, painfully. The eye's rectus muscles would weaken and dislodge, provoking the eyeball itself to dangle from its socket much to the patient's horror. Others experienced excruciating bowel prolapse and irreparable internal bleeding. Since the research team was no longer sent on aid missions, the only help they could provide was making the patients comfortable as their bodies withered. After several months, they unanimously concluded they had acquired all the necessary data, and it was time to wrap up and head home. Passing through the collection of huts on her way to pack her belongings, Nina heard faint, angelic singing. She was drawn to a small hut on the outskirts of the village and quietly listened as Jibundu, a newlywed villager, and the chief's daughter crooned her baby to sleep. The most beautiful native lullaby Nina had ever heard. She gently tapped the hut's wall and asked if she could enter. Jibundu, like all the villagers, was oblivious to the devastation Nina and her colleagues were responsible for causing, and warmly welcomed the foreigner into her home. What have you named her? Nina asked, captivated by the baby's striking beauty. I Fioma. It means beautiful one, Chibundu proudly declared. Nina nestled her thumb into I Fioma's tiny fist and stroked her perfect little fingers. She is beautiful, but I think she looks like a Janae. Nina smiled tenderly. Get some rest. Jibundu beamed at Nina and nuzzled into Ifioma's neck to slip into a sweet slumber. It has been roughly six years since Nina's last mission, and she feels that her life has flourished. She married longtime Boo Dante, and thanks to timing, he still hasn't discovered that his beloved Janae doesn't belong to them. The only setback in Nina's life comes once a year, to grace her welcome mat. But it's becoming more difficult to hide from Dante and the effects in her body are growing more bizarre, agonizing and resilient each time she finds that blasted omen at her doorstep. Last year, it took nearly six months to treat. She races to her bedroom and heaves the sheets off the mattress, then kneels to check underneath the bed frame. Not there either. She bounds into Janae's room, and once she dives elbow deep in her daughter's toy box, she stops. She can feel it. Nina traces her index finger along the tattered corner 
of that for which she was so dreadfully searching. She can taste stomach acid in the back of her throat as she begins to quiver. Gripping the envelope with her index finger and thumb, she pulls it from its hiding place. Shockingly, doesn't look much different than when she first received it. She lowers her tailbone to her heels and sits, staring at the envelope in disbelief. You've hidden the truth for too long, Nina. You shall be exposed for what you truly are. The ominous voice whispers, and Nina can feel chilled breath on her neck. She darts her head around to look behind her and lets out a startled scream. Janae's closet door mirror directly behind Nina glares back at her. In the midst of her frenzied hunting, she didn't realize her entire head wrap is now drenched and dripping down her back. Every inch of Nina's body has sprouted blisters, and they take turns bursting and soaking Janae's baby pink off her rug. Her fingernails loosen and slither off their nail beds as if floating atop a layer of viscous excretion. What the hell is happening to me? Nina watches as sweat beads across her forehead. But then, in pure panic, helplessly realizes that it isn't sweat. It's her skin. The white of her skull begins to peek through the liquid. And she can't even scream in pain anymore. The agony begins to overcome Nina, and she feels herself losing consciousness. Unable to keep her eyes open, once her limbs began to split down the middle, exposing muscle and tissue, she falls back and bumps into Janae's bedside table. The force tumbles her music box onto the floor knocking the lid open. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Exposure was written by Vanessa Watson, narrated by Erica Ventura, Edited by Carl Hughes and music by Silicon Transmitter and Tom Robson. And sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club and movie club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts and mugs are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.